welcome to the Teen Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy, and today, you guys, we have a special interview with Joey Massio on the podcast today. So I hope you enjoy learning from him, and I hope you love the conversation I had with him. He's brilliant, and he has lots of good things to share. Okay, so here we go. Here's the interview. Hey, guys, welcome to the podcast. I am so happy to, okay, you're gonna have to tell me how to say your last name if I say it wrong. It's Joey Massio, right? You nailed it. Well done. Okay. All right. Good. Um, I didn't want to mess that up, <laughs> but um, welcome to the podcast. I know you've been to the podcast or you've been on the co- podcast before with Mikkel, but I've never had the opportunity to have you on the podcast with me. So thank you for coming on today and being with us and sharing your vast knowledge about growing up and being a teen with us. So why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us, um, tell us your background and what you currently do. Yeah. So, uh, my name's Joey Massio. I'm also a life coach. I specialize in working with teens uh, on many things, including, uh, stopping procrastination, uh, stopping self-doubt, um, anxiety, essentially, creating more success and happiness in their lives. And it's, it's the best work, isn't it, Sammy? It is. I do love it. <laughs> it's, just, it's so much fun and I love it. So before I was a life coach, so now I do that full time. Uh, but before that I was a middle school teacher where I taught uh, uh, English and theater. And then, but for the last four years, I was actually the teacher in the discipline office. Uh, oh, where, okay. Yes. Yeah. I was in there. And when the teens got sent out for any reason or whatever was going on in their lives, they'd come spend some time with me. And that's where I started uh, doing coaching for teens. And that's where I fell in love with it because I could see some, some change in their lives and work with them throughout the year. And it was phenomenal. And then before that I was an actor, I was on uh, hundreds of stages throughout California. My biggest claim to fame is being an actor at Disneyland, where I'm the only actor in Disneyland history to have played both Darth Maul and the Mad Hatter. Wow. You're like a celebrity on here today. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, not, not to (laughs) brag, but That's, that's quite the extreme between characters. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm versatile, right? I it can be really bad villain or the super crazy guy. And it was a lot of fun. And then, and then especially for this episode going back before that, I was a super awkward, uh, teen and preteen and elementary school kid. And I experienced being bullied, uh, throughout my life. I would say up until, um, I was probably a sophomore in high school where, uh, other people didn't change. I did. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that is what changed it for me going forward. And I'm excited to talk about that today. Awesome. We're so happy to have you. I just have to make like another shout out here to you. If, if you guys want to follow Joey on Instagram, his reels are hilarious. You can tell that he has a background in theater because he does a really good job with those. And I just, I actually love how you describe the higher brain versus the lower brain. Mm-hmm when you do your reels. So if you guys want some extra help and you want to follow Joey on Instagram, what's your Instagram, Joey? Firmly founded coaching. Okay. So yeah, go to firmly founded coaching. His videos and reels are pretty hilarious. Thanks so much. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's get into bullying. All right. And so just, just for today's episode, how would you describe, well, what's the definition of a bully? How would you describe that? 
Yeah, that's always a tough question. I get asked that a lot, right? What's the definition of a bully? The, the one that most people are looking for when they ask that question is this definition. So I'll, I'll give this. It came from a poster we had up in the discipline office. Um, and it was, if somebody hurts you on accident once, they're rude. If someone hurts you on accident uh, on purpose once, they're mean. If someone hurts you on act or if someone hurts you on purpose multiple times, they're a bully. Okay. So for me, that has been the best definition as far as clinically identifying if we're in bully territory, someone who's seeking the discomfort or pain or, or I should say even causing right that for a person multiple times, someone does it once and then is nice to you forever, or you never see them again. For me, that's not a bully. It's just a mean person, but a bully has a relationship with their target. And typically the relationship causes the target to feel less than in some way, uh, shape or form. So that's the, like the clinical definition for me, the personally, I, I have a different definition of a bully. Can I give that one too? <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> so, cause for me, it's all very much a perception and that's how we get the, the most power. So for me, the definition of a bully uh, that I like comes from the perspective of the target, right? So from you, if, if you're someone who feels like you're being bullied, then a bully to you is someone that you think is trying to hurt you or make fun of you or cause other people to laugh at your expense. And mm -hmm. so it's someone who's doing something to you that you feel like you're not in control over. On, on purpose, on purpose. Yes. Very much on purpose. Okay. All right. So it's not just somebody like acts. I mean, can we all make mistakes? Like I say yeah. the wrong thing all the time. Obviously yeah. the people who listen to the podcast know that, but, um, it, it's definitely intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's someone who's intentionally seeking you out and is focusing on you. That's someone that you, your brain goes, Oh, they're a bully or they're bullying me. Okay. All right. And so that, for me, like, I don't know if the listeners are like, well, what's the difference? But to me, it's, it's a big difference. I don't think that one person, a bully, it's a truth that this person is a bully and everybody is going to look at them and go, yep, that's a bully hundred mm, percent. Yep. That because for one, the bully probably doesn't recognize that they are a bully or that they're being a bully or that you identify them as a bully. That was the number one thing I learned while I was in the discipline office is that we had so many cases of people who were being bullied and we'd bring in the person who was doing the bullying and we talk with them and like, they never saw themselves as a bully. And there were some that were like, Oh, I don't I didn't know that was hurting their feelings. And like, <laughs> dude, you were punching them in the face. Like, come on, you know, like you had to know. But most of the time it was just, well, I'm not, I don't like what I, I'm not, I'm not a bully. Yeah. Like what I did was mean, or I was being, but they don't identify themselves as a bully. So to me, one person can't be just labeled like true blue through and through. They are a bully because they're a human like the rest of us. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is we want that label and we want to put it on people and be like, that is a true bully, right? Because that makes sense to our brains is we, yeah. we really want to label people and we really want to put them in that category. Right. And when there's, there's not this category, I feel like sometimes the word does get like overused and there is, there is some grayish area, you know, about 
it's kind of like one of those buzzwords right now, bully, bully. And my kids say it all the time. And I kind of have a hard time, like distinguishing between with them. I'm like, Hey, was that, what is a true bully? And what's, you know, not a true bully. Well, and, and I'll say this too. It does you no good to label someone a bully. Your brain thinks it's protecting you in some way that, Oh, they're a bully danger. Stay away. But I've never seen a, a circumstance where it, it does me good to label that person as a bully or to label their actions as bullying me. It doesn't mean you can't go, Hey, their actions are, are hurting me or their actions are, you know, should stop or I don't like their actions. That's different. But to me, we lose a lot of power when we're like, Oh, they're a bully. A bully is someone who in our minds can't really be stopped and we don't know their intentions and they're just seeking to hurt us for almost no reason sometimes. And it, it takes away all seeking to understand of the other person when you just label them a bully. Yeah. And it automatically puts us as the victim. And that is yeah. a very, very disempowering place to be. Yeah. Okay. So that's your definition of the bully. All right. What would you say are the most common targets of bullying for kids in high school and junior high? Number one would be any physical differences, okay. right? Anything physical, because that's the number one thing that we see. And for me, I mean, I don't know, uh, your, your listeners right now can't see me, but I'm a bald dude, you know, and, uh, that's the number one thing my middle school students would always mention on the first or second day of school. Once they saw that I like, like to joke around, they'd be like, Oh, where'd your hair go? Oh, they'd be, oh my goodness. Oh. And, and they'd freak out about it. Like I didn't like, like I wasn't aware that I'm bald, you know? And, uh, but it's just the first thing that an adolescent brain is going to look at and notice is looks hair, weight, shape of the nose, right? Shape of the head, clothes that they're wearing, right? Color of the skin, possibly. There, there's so many things that our brain notices, and especially at that age, that I think that's the first thing that people go to when it comes to bullying. And then I would say the second thing then is behavior. You know, and behavior covers interests, any quirks, you know, if you're someone who is a little different or you like to do some voices or you're into anime, you know, and uh, you're, you're into cosplay or you're into singing or you're, whatever your behaviors are, that comes second because that's what people get to know second from you. Okay. So first is any physical look, any physical attribute, right? And then second is you said is behavior. Okay. Here's the thing, right? None of us look the same. We're all very different. We all have different noses. We all have different colors. We all have different shapes. And then the other part is we all have different interests and behaviors and we're all just very, very different, which is amazing because that's not how we're not all supposed to be the same. So how do we deal with the differences in all of us? Like for like, how do we deal with the differences? Or how do yeah. we deal with being different? How do we deal with being different? Yeah. And, you know, when we just, when we de even define different, like what does different even mean? Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I think you're right. And maybe it should be, how do we deal with being us? Oh yeah. Oh, I like that. Maybe, I don't know that that just came to me, but, but it's like, if you view yourself as different, what does different even mean? Nobody looks the same. It's not like everybody looks like a, and you look like B sorry. So therefore, but yeah. How do you deal with being you and everything that you are? And for me, it comes with just fully 
embracing exactly who you are, which means how you look, what you like, you know, the, the things that you're into, your personalities, your, even your deformities, if you, whatever you want to call them, right? Like um, there was, um, so a couple stories here. So there was a, a teen girl I was coaching who absolutely loved horses. Like mm-hmm. it was her favorite thing. And she was saying that oh, I'm, I'm being bullied at school. I'm like, oh, well, what's going on? Well, they're calling me horse girl. Right. And, and I looked at her and I looked at her ribbons she had behind her on her wall and pictures of horses and the ribbons were from like her horse competitions. And I'm like, sorry, what's wrong with being horse girl? And she's like, oh, well, it's just, you know, the way they're saying it. And it was, it seemed to her that they were making being a horse girl bad. And I was like, are you not horse girl? I'm sorry. Like, I'm so confused. You love horses and you're really good at riding them. Why yeah. are you not walking around with a shirt that says horse girl? You know, and like, and she's like, oh, I never really thought about that. And I said, yeah, no, love who you are. You know, love everything that you are. And it's the same thing when it comes to a physical difference is we have to embrace everything that we are. There was one of my biggest memories from that discipline office was two kids. And I forget if I told this story on the the podcast two years ago, but it was two kids. One was a girl who had, she was born with a cleft palate. And so she had a scar from surgeries that fixed it. And her aggressor was this kid. He was tall. He was athletic. He liked to be funny. And they were brought into my office and they were, uh, it, it was reported that he was bullying her. And as I am talking with both of them, it comes out that he and his friends were calling, were going up to her and being like, hey, dude, dude, she's your girlfriend. Oh, no, she's not. She's your girlfriend. Oh, no. And they were like just doing this in front of her and in front of other people. And uh, she was trying to play it off. No, it didn't hurt me. It didn't hurt me. But then as we talked more, she broke down into sobs and said it made me feel like worthless. Yeah. You know, and we had a nice kind of moment. He saw what it was doing to him. He did, there was one of the classic moments. He didn't view himself as being a bully. He was like, I, I was just, I was just doing it for laughs is what he said. Right. And he's like, I, in his mind, I'm just trying to be funny. And that was the funniest thing I could think of saying. And when I just showed him understanding of what was going on in her mind with that, he was like, oh man. And he felt like a jerk. And I said, you're her protector now out there. He goes, all right, I will. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it. Yeah, He wasn't a bully. He was just a kid saying some mean things, you know, but then I sent him away and I talked with her and I was like, all right, let's chat. You know, uh, you obviously have like your face looks different than most other faces out there. And this is probably one of the scenarios we can say, yeah, it looks at not everybody has a giant scar, you know, from their nose to their lip. Mm-hmm. And I talked about, well, what does that mean about you? And for her, it was that I'm ugly. And he said, why does it mean that? And we talked about that. And that was how she was interpreting it for her being her meant she was ugly. She was different. She was undesirable, but man, she was the bubbliest girl I've ever met. She was always doing service and out there doing things. And so for me, I said, you got to own it. You know, you got to like, your face isn't going to change. This is how you look. How can you own it? in the most positive, upbeat way. Yeah, I got a scar on my face. That, that's me, you know, and here I am. And it doesn't make me less than anybody else. I'm just someone with a scar on my face and that's it. Yeah. 
how do, how do we like train our brains to do that? Cause like, really it's easy to say like, Oh, just embrace yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, and that's, you know, ultimately that that's what we want is everybody to embrace themselves and love themselves for who they are. But how does that look like inside somebody's brain? Mm. Right. Because there, there's a big, um, disconnection between like embrace yourself and then really getting your brain to like, think the thoughts day to day consistently that, you know, Oh yeah, I am embracing myself. This is how I embrace myself. Yeah. This is my favorite way of doing it. Uh, It's view yourself as a hero, because when you start paying attention to the way you're talking about yourself, you're downplaying yourself, your brain and the thoughts that you're having about the way you look, the way you act, whatever it's, it's making you play small. So first off, be aware of what you're thinking about yourself and the thoughts that you are mistaking for facts. She thought I am ugly was just a fact. But when we realized, no, that's not a fact, that's an opinion and you don't need to be thinking that. So first is being aware of that. And then once you go, okay, got it. I don't have to be thinking that thought, but how can I possibly think something else? I love to think, uh, to tell our minds, okay, go to either uh, comic books or movies or your favorite television show where there are characters that people love. And usually like, I, I love to go like to the hero ones, whether they're Marvel or whether they're whatever, but the heroes there, they all look different. And there is possibly a character in that story that has a, something that looks unique or different about them. And then, and then the way they do it in the movies or in these stories, they paint it up as if, well, that's what makes them them. And they're still a hero. I love to ask that same question to the teens that I coach. All right, you got a scar on your face or your head is really big or you're overweight or you have a lisp or you have a stutter. How can you still be a lovable hero with that still being a thing. Cause your brain says I can only be liked or popular or a hero if I didn't have this thing. But how could you, like, if you were writing this story and I was going to give you a million dollars to make uh, this into a movie, your life into a movie or whatever, the, your character into, a, into a, a lovable movie. And I said, but you have to make this character lovable, but don't change who they are. Don't change their scar. Don't change this. How would you do it? Your brain would come up with a way you'd be motivated. You'd be like, oh, oh, I mean, well, like, yeah, like they have the scar on their face or they look different or they act different, but they're really good at this. And let's double down on that. And people love them because they're so friendly or uh, they always like to serve people. You would find all these other ways to make that character lovable. If you can do it for a fictional character, you can do it for yourself, right? Make yourself the hero of your story. And exactly as you are, find whether it's your strengths, whether it's things about you that people love, whether it's something that you want to do more of, but you think you can't, whether that, I would love to smile at people, but I have a scar on my face, you know, on my lips. I can't, why, why can't you, right? Like find those things that you're limiting yourself and acting more like, like a sidekick and unlimit yourself to be more you. I love all that. Can I just like bottle that up and send it, it to the world? <laughs> Put a nice bottle and we'll, yeah, it'll be great. Okay. But like, no, seriously, how boring would the Marvel and the DC movies be if like every single character were the same? Yeah. 
Like we would be like, okay, this is dumb. Right. But that's what, that's what makes all the characters so great is that they are so different and they have different powers and they have different personalities, right? Like we could make fun of the Hulk all day long if we wanted to, right. We could bully him, but like we don't because we think that what he does is so cool. So, so I, I just, I love your perspective on that and like tying it to something that teens can relate to, especially like characters. I, that's just so great. Here's, here's another thing that I think is like really, really hard for some of us is how can we move on when somebody says something to us that we don't like, and our brain just like really, really wants to hang on to it. Okay. Like growing up, I hated my nose. People were always making comments about my nose. I obviously love my nose now. It doesn't bother me. Okay. I've done obvious. I've done some work on that. Okay. But like, how do we take the things that people say and not let them define who we are and not let them kind of, you know, dictate how we think about ourselves. Like how can we just brush it off and move on? We really yeah. like to hang on to those things. Well, right. So the, the first step, and I'm sure you've taught this somewhere on the podcast, but the, the first step is to recognize the way it made you feel right. You know, we, we never want to like ignore that or push it aside or anything like that. If it, if it made you feel sad or lonely or depressed or ugly or whatever, first off, recognize it, get to honor that feeling first before we can start rewriting anything. So when we try to just avoid our feelings or emotions or whatnot, then they always come back. You know, so first off, you go, yeah, you know what? They, they said this about me and it made me feel icky. I'll use myself as an example, right? I I told the story, the first podcast episode I was on about how the kids in, when I was in middle school would call me moonhead because my head is large. It was just as large back then as it is now. And there's a McDonald's commercial with um, a a guy with a crescent moon for a head playing the piano. And they, they connected the dots and said, Joey looks like moonhead. And they called me moonhead, right? That wasn't the last time that people uh, you know, made fun of the size of my head in middle school, in the discipline office, some of the kids that were, would come in would often talk about my head, you know, and say, Oh dude, look at this guy over here. Massio's got a giant head kind of thing. And, um, so I would be lying if I said it didn't bother me whatsoever. It bothers me very little. Right. But okay. when I, when they really drill it down, I'm like, ah, oh, man, it makes me feel less than, and even as an adult, when I'm like, oh no, no, a kid can't make me feel this way. I'm, I'm a freaking life coach. I can't feel this way. I shouldn't feel this way. It just makes it worse. So I have to stop and go, no, I'm a human. And when someone says something about my physical characteristic that then I make mean something about myself personally, I'm going to feel icky or less than in some way. So let me just acknowledge that and go, oh, look at me being a human. It happens. I can totally feel this way. And then once I give myself permission to feel then you can go into the next step, which, and this is the whole, like kind of brushing it off or moving forward. It's finding what you are making it mean about you. So Victor Frankel uh, wrote one of the top 10 books in the uh, 20th century, nine, yeah, 20th century. Um, and uh, is the uh, man's search for meaning. And he talks about something, he calls it logotherapy, which is just, how our brains make meaning out of things. That, that's all our brains are trying to do. We, we look at something and we make it mean something, right? We look at a hamburger and we go, oh, that means I'm not going to be full anymore. That means that's going to taste really good. And then we want it. And so we do things to get that hamburger, right? Our brain does the same thing when someone makes fun of us 
right? Comes and says something to us that is affecting us negatively. Our brain wants to take that and make it mean something about us. And that is what's really hard to let go of. That's what causes it to stick with us for years and years and years. Somebody called me this once back in elementary school. Therefore, it means I'm not funny, or it means I'm ugly, or it means people don't like me, or it means people don't want to talk to me, whatever it is. We make it mean something about us. Find out what that is. What are you making it mean about you? And you have to remove that negative story first before you can replace it with a more positive story. And there's different ways to do that, but I'll stop there and let you comment at this point. Does that make sense at all? Oh yeah. I, I totally understand it. You know, my clients are probably like, not my clients, but my listeners are probably like, oh, it's so nice to hear somebody else explain this besides Sammy. (laughs) It's just nice to hear it from a different voice. And like, when you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, I really like that. (laughs) It just sounds different when you're saying it. Whereas when I'm like trying to teach it, but yeah. And it sucks that our brains are, are this way, but like when something happens, like a circumstance or a situation and somebody says something like our brains automatically go to making that mean something negative. Right. And we, we are so not used to taking like what somebody says about us or, um, what they think about us and, and turning that into like making it mean something positive. Right. Like I have a girl I was working with the other day and she's like, people say in class that I'm quiet. Okay. Well, like, why are we saying that that's a a negative thing? Like I'm, you're too quiet. Right. And I'm like, you're a good listener. Right. Like why, why do our brains? And I know the answer why I'm like, this is just a rhetorical question, but it's like, why do our brains have to be like that? Where anything that's different or anything that's even just like commented on it, we turn it into a negative characteristic or a flaw within ourselves. And we're just so programmed to do that. And I wish it wasn't that way. I wish it, I wish there wasn't so much brain work that you had to do around, you know, managing your mind around things that people would people say about you or things that people don't like about you or whatever, or any differences, right? It's just like, there's always going to be that mind work that needs to be done to transform whatever is said or whatever has happened to mean something that is useful for you. Yeah. There's a, okay. So there's a TV show that some of the teens probably watching Cobra Kai. Have you heard, have you heard heard Uh Cobra Kai or watched it? Are you watching it? I'm, I'm not, <laughs> Yeah. So, I, I just finished black, black Hawk. What is it? Black, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yes. Black Hawk. <laughs> my, my kids make fun of you. Me. I just finished Hawkeye and I enjoyed that. And now we're on to Bobo Fett. Oh whatever. yes. The book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Yes. So, whatever it's called. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So Cobra Kai's on Netflix, right? It's the karate kid, like, you know, uh, sequel, you know, in the TV show, it's not an official endorsement that you use some language in there. So watch at your own, you know, peril. But, um, the, the second episode of season four, uh, season four just came out a couple of days ago. And the second okay. episode, uh, I watched yesterday and they introduced a new character. So, I mean, um, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it yet, but uh, it's just a new character. He's a kid. He, he's new to school. It's his first day. And the opener of the episode is him. Like, he's like pumped, man. He's like jazz. I mean, like, he looks like he's probably like a ninth grader, you know, he's a little skinny, scrawny kid, but like he's jazz and he put on these headphones. He's like dancing, you know, and he's like 
and he's a really good dancer and he's out waiting for the bus, right? And he's kind of like doing some dancing, but his headphones are on. He doesn't hear the bus pull up. So the bus pulls up and all the kids stick their heads out the window and he, he turns around and they're all laughing at him. And this kid who went from, who's like super confident, all of a sudden is like horrified and he comes onto the bus and there's a group of kids who then start making fun of him, calling him names, oh, this and that. And, and this, this new kid is ashamed and he puts his head down and he walks to the back of the bus. And throughout the episode, that group of boys start, you know, being mean to him more and more. And the writers, they always do this. They make, they want bullies, right? So they create these caricatures of bullies. And these guys are doing things that, and saying things that no real person actually does or says, right? But it's such a character, a caricature, it's such a concentrated version of it and they're bullying him and some actions they take totally happen and happen in real life and all that. But the way it's, it's doing it. And it's so like, they just rush through and one day they become like arch enemies. And then like, they try to beat the kid up and it's like, Oh my goodness. Like this never happens. Right. Like what, at least not at this level so quickly, but throughout the whole episode, I'm watching the kid, the new kid. And I'm like, why is you being a good dancer, a bad thing? Why is you being good at basketball, right? A bad thing. Why, like, why are you being you bad? And I could see he was doing exactly what you were just talking about, right? He was taking this, these circumstances, what other people were saying, and he was making it mean something about him that made him feel shameful or embarrassed or out of place. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, what if instead he said, oh, oh my goodness, guys, so embarrassing. You saw me dancing. I just love the dance. I'm a dancer. It's the best. Ah, and they're like, dude, look at you dancing. Yep, dude, you wish you got moves like me, right? Like, and go about it. And it's easier said than done. But the trick is, is exactly what you're talking about is what are you making it mean about you? And if you can flip it, just imagine if you could, if you could change what it means about you to, it doesn't mean anything about you or it doesn't mean anything negative or shameful or embarrassing or fearful or worrisome. It doesn't mean any of that stuff about you. You being you, what if it meant something fun about you? Something you can be proud of, something that sets you apart in a unique way that's positive. All that is totally within your power to change. Yeah. And so here, here's the result from all that that you're saying is basically when we do that and we make those things mean something negative about us. The result is we totally miss out on being ourselves and we miss out on being the person that we're meant to be and the person that all of our talents and skills and abilities, like we miss out on being that person. And the other part is the world misses out on who we are too. Mm. Right. It's like all those people on the bus that want to dance with you, like, mm now they're embarrassed to dance with you too, because apparently it's a, it's, it's an embarrassing thing, but right. But it's not only do you miss out on being you and all the fun that you can have from being oh. yourself, but also the fun that everybody around you can have from you being yourself also. Right. Yes. It's, it's like two really good things. You get to enjoy yourself and then the world gets to enjoy you and embrace you for who you are. And I think that if you embrace who you are, what happens after that, Joey, you know, 
Dude, you like, well, you become like every adult says that they wish they were right. Every adult's like, oh man, I wish I knew this stuff back in high school. I would have done, I would have done different things. Right. Like then, then you can, if you ever find yourself in a situation like that kid from the TV show, you turn around and everybody just saw you dancing rather than walking away with your head down, you take a bow because that's who you are. You're like, oh my goodness, you guys all saw this. Well, anyways, and then you bow and you're like, that's me. And then you walk and people are more likely to be like, oh man, that kid, who's that kid? You know, not only did he, does he dance really funny or good or whatever, but then he just bowed and appreciated it. Cause I think that's who that kid would really be. And I, I love that point because then you can fully be you and other people can be them. And sometimes other people are mean and jerks. Let them be them. That's fine. They, they don't need to change. You also don't need to change as well. You can be you. Awesome. I love that here. We started talking about like bullying and now we're talking about embracing ourselves. <laughs> Cause that's the solution, Sammy. That is the solution. Okay. 100%. You guys heard that. That's the solution from Joey. I love it. Okay. Anything else that you like want to share with my listeners before you go, I've loved having you on. This has been a great conversation. Any nuggets of wisdom that you would like to just leave us with? De- definitely. So there's, and this might be a recap, but there's three ways to stop bullying. Bullying is real. It's out there. I, I recognize it as a real thing. The two main ways that the world approaches it is, well, let's stop the bully. And that's great. If that can happen, if people can recognize when they're being a bully or when they're being mean, right? And they can change their way. That would be phenomenal. What a great world we would live in, right? If, every, if everybody could do that, right? The second way that the main Uh, or that the world mainstream tries to stop bullying or bully prevention is inspire a bystander, right? Oh, hey, if you witness something, go and say something, right? Get in there and stop it. That would also be fantastic if everybody who was uh, being bullied had somebody around that could intervene. That would be wonderful too. Those aren't my favorite ways though, to stop bullying. My favorite way is to strengthen you, right? It's to strengthen the target. And that's the message here we're ending with is self-acceptance is the best way to strengthen who you are and is the best way to become bully proof. All three of those things working in tandem, what a beautiful world this will be. But if nobody else is going to change, intervene, stop saying mean things, you can still see great, great change in your personal life by doing that third option, which is work on becoming bully proof which is loving who you are, accepting yourself for who you are, erasing those stories that you have where you are making it mean that you are not as good as other people. You are not less than other people, right? We are all people and we all have the same value and worth. Even that bully who's coming at you, right? They just are going about life differently than you would. Mm-hmm. And so if you can recognize that, accept yourself, accept others, you're going to live in that world that you want to live in where you can find the good and you can be as happy as you want to be. I uh, just a reminder, you guys, I love, I love the, um, the exercise that you kind of talked about earlier in the podcast was how would you write your story? If you were the hero, right? How would you change the way that you view yourself and talk about yourself and portray yourself to others? Right. What would you do if you were actually like Superman and the bully said that to you? Like you wouldn't take their garbage, right? <laughs> right? But so I, I just love that perspective on things. If 
the listeners want to find you. They want to follow you. Tell me where, tell me where they can find you. Yeah. Well, since you guys are podcast listeners, I also have a podcast as well. It's called secrets for an awesome life. And I use stories and parables to teach uh, powerful uh, life coaching principles and mindsets and skills. And that's super fun. And also I've teamed up, teamed up with other awesome teen life coaches and we have a membership on firmlyfounded.com. And so uh, one-on-one coaching is phenomenal. Get Sammy if you guys want one-on-one coaching because Sammy, you like you provide that as well, right? I do. I am switching yeah. into groups slowly, but I, yeah, I'm really, really excited for that. So yeah, um, I do, I do do the one-on-one currently. I was gonna say we got some group classes coming up here though. So that's exciting. Ooh, nice. Nice. Yo, yeah. Sign up for definitely. If you guys have been thinking about it, I just want to say this, sign up with Sammy for co- for one-on-one coaching. All right. So, no, sign up with Joey for one-on-one coaching. Oh, okay. Let's argue about it, okay? Right, well, well, let's definitely argue about it. Here's the thing. I love the fact that there's so many of us out there, like, or at least I know at least six or seven of us doing it because we're all going to connect with different people. Yeah. And the ways we do it, the approaches are going to be so different. And so if you're looking for a way to kind of start doing some coaching without the one-on-one face-to-face because you're like, ah, it's like so awkward for me to be like talking to an adult. It's weird. Then go check out our membership, right? You, you can do it without being seen whatsoever. And there's live events. You can just watch and participate in the chat. It's a lot of fun, a really, really great way uh, to start testing out some coaching. And then once you get warmed up, come over to Sammy. All right. Yeah. Joey's awesome. You guys go check him out at firmly founded coaching, firmly founded coaching. All right. You can, is it okay for me to say you can go see his moon head or is that like bully? <laughs> no, you can, cause I, I've accepted who I am. Come see my shiny moon head. Okay. On Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> He's really hilarious. He's awesome. You guys, thank you so much for being here, Joey. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, come and join me in one of my group programs or one of my one-on-one coaching programs. Just head to my website, knowingup.com. That's K-N-O-W-I-N-G-U-P.com.